the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. Hawkins. Last week on The Antidote, we heard the extreme metal artists that are found on Vision of God Records. You may have already figured out that maybe tonight's episode will be really different. Our opening song, Exist, comes from those Lavender Whales, their 2012 release, Tomahawk of Praise. And yes, you heard that right, Tomahawk of Praise. Their music is odd, it's unusual, and it's incredibly catchy. It's been five years now, and those Lavender Whales are back with a new full-length, My Bones Are Singing. So I got in touch with the band's frontman, Aaron Graves, for a really in-depth talk about the music of those Lavender Whales and how Aaron's serious health issue have inspired their new album. But before we get into our chat, I have a couple of older tracks from the band. Of course, Easter's just about here. And last Sunday, I saw a few people leaving their church with palm branches. So I couldn't resist bringing in all 46 seconds of Shake Your Palm Palm Branches 
and the song Sometimes. Enjoy these.
Aaron Graves of those Lavender Whales meets with The Antidote for a talk. Good to have you here, Aaron. Thanks. Glad to be here. I always like to start at the beginning. So how about telling us how those Lavender Whales began? Well, it pretty much started when I went to college. Um, I was playing drums in a band with a bunch of my friends from Columbia, South Carolina. I went to college in Nashville. And when I moved up there, I didn't know anybody and I didn't have a band. And so I just kind of decided to start making music by myself. And I just kind of started borrowing instruments from my roommate and other people in my dorm room. And I had been recording uh, all through high school. And so I just started multi-tracking stuff. I wasn't good. I had only been playing drums mostly, so I wasn't really good at guitar or anything. And so I would just record little snippets of what I could play and uh, kind of build songs up like that. <laughs> I kind of just gone on from there. And later on, you added more band members. Yeah. Even from there, I had cello. My friend I knew played cello, and so I got her to uh, play on a song. And then um, I would get people that I knew to play parts that I didn't know how to play, but that I could imagine being there. And then um, it's just kind of progressed. I've gotten better at different instruments. And um, when I can't play something, I get other people to play it. When I play shows, I've gotten a bunch of different people who I've known through the years to kind of fill in at shows. And um, it's kind of worked out now where I've got pretty steady band that plays the songs with me and we all learn the songs and um yeah so it's 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 really fun to work that way where i'm able to kind of make a base of a song and then flesh certain things out and then have people come in and help me realize the potential of the song you know i'm like i want this to happen but i can't make that work and then they can either make it happen or make it happen better than i can you're not really giving us all the facts because you have a band member who's really close to you. Yeah, yeah. And so Chris Gardner, he was in my band. Essentially, we were in the first band in high school, Noah Jose, together. And then um, I moved to Nashville. He stayed in Columbia. And then so he wasn't initially in those Lavender Whales when I started making the songs. But then... Um, He's been a pretty steady contributor through live shows and things like that since pretty early on. Yeah, whenever I've played live shows, he's been probably in most of the tours and live shows he's been around. So, Man, who's the mm. closest band member to you? Band. <laughs> like so, your wife? Yeah, my wife. Yeah, she plays drums now. <laughs> oh, man, you're in the bad books now. Yeah, she uh, can't hear this ever. For this, Yeah. No, yeah. So I do play drums with my wife. Um, yeah, that that's been a great kind of evolution because we met when I moved back to Nashville, and then we moved back to Columbia a little bit after that, after we got married and had our daughter, and then we were going to start playing shows because we had just finished Tomahawk of Praise, and um, we're kind of mixing it back and forth between Nashville and. Um, we wanted to play some shows and I didn't have anybody to play drums. And so I asked her if she wanted to learn drums and she said, okay. And so she started playing drums and just fell in love with it. And so she's been playing drums ever since and is just progressing at a really alarming rate. And so she's played drums in a bunch of other bands. She's involved with girls rock organization here in Columbia. 
she just was playing with a B-52s cover band. And it's, it's crazy how good she's gotten in the past few years, just kind of playing those Lavender Whale songs and messing around on her own. So, yeah, she's great. She's a great support for the band. And, you know, when I kind of get down on being like, oh, my songs sound the same or I'm not doing anything good. She's like, yeah, you're doing great. And I think we do the same thing with each other because she's also a fashion designer um, for kids and women's clothing. And we both got our own little businesses and creative outlets going. And we both encourage each other when things get a little, a little tough. Aaron shared about how wordy their band name is. And that wordiness also fits with a lot of their songs and album titles too. Like this track, If It Weren't For You, I Would Have Wished I Was A Lion, from those Lavender Whales release, Pilgrims, Friends, and Blood Ties. There's rain that's hanging out the window I would have wished I was a lion If it hadn't been for you I'll watch a plane that's flying from below a cloud sits down beside it, having nowhere else to go. Ba ba da ba 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 da ba. Ba ba da ba 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 da ba. In case that footnote won't believe, your feet keep getting colder when you put on thicker sleeves. mentioning about how your wife you know has been playing new wave with a b-52 cover band yeah yeah because i really don't know how to describe the music of those lavender whales i mean it's quirky and unusual and i don't i guess i could also say that it's odd is that fair yeah i think that i think that's fair and i, I mean we have a hard time describing it to people i don't know i feel like a pull influences from a bunch of places from when I listened to music growing up and now and um yeah it's it's strange I mean somebody described our last record as friendship folk and I thought that was really great but <laughs> does that even mean you know um 
but yeah, the new album has a lot of synthesizers because we recorded it with jazz from Toro Imoi. You know, my go-to instruments were guitar and drums and banjo and, and things like that. And then just being at his house in his studio, there were just a bunch of synthesizers around. And so there are acoustic guitars and some banjo and some ukulele and stuff in it. Um, but then we just got to layer it with a bunch of new instruments that I wasn't comfortable with. And I think that that was just a great experience to have, just kind of a mind-opening experience. But then, you know, the songs that I wrote are still in there. And so it still sounds like my songs, um, which I've heard from a lot of my friends that have heard the new album. So if the music is unusual and quirky, does that also describe your personality, Aaron? I don't know. I guess maybe because I put a lot of myself in, into um, my music. And so I guess perhaps it's hard to describe your own personality. Um, but I do like bright colors and I like to skateboard. And I think of myself as a positive person. And um, I write songs, pretty much honest songs about how I'm feeling and and things like that. So uh Maybe I am a quirky person. <laughs> <laughs> those bright colors come up in the band name, those lavender whales. I mean, I've seen all kinds of whales, you know, humpback, fin whales, minky, gray, yeah. and everything. But, you know, lavender whale, that's a new one for me. <laughs> yeah, it's actually from um, when I was in college, my friend sent me a letter. And in that letter was a comic strip. And it was about a pirate chasing a lavender whale and it was three frames and in the second frame the the pirate and his bird were arguing about whether they should be chasing the whale and the bird was like i think he likes us and <laughs> the middle frame was just the whale saying i love you captain and then uh the pirate said yar his kind words move me not and so i had that hanging on my desk and so when I finished my first song, before I emailed it all to all my friends back home, um, it didn't feel right just to put my name, you know, a song by Aaron Graves for whatever reason. And so I just named the band Those Lavender Whales. And it's just kind of stuck around. You can never go back. Yeah. Once you label it, you're done. Yeah, I've thought about it because it's just real wordy and I don't know, but it's stuck and I don't think I can change it. Aaron ponders about when you think about space and realize how big it is, and it gives you that strange feeling. <laughs> That's the name of this song. There's a walkway off the porch, and it leads straight up to space, into orbit where I see friends once a year. There's a doorway in the back And it leads into my veins Two electrons where they travel just the same
just a moment ago about friends because that seems to be an ongoing theme through your music is that the most important part of your life those relationships uh relationships are a giant part of my life like i said columbia where i live it's not the most attractive place it's not the best climate you know it's not my ideal climate um but the community here is one of the best communities that I've lived in, and um, my wife coming from Nashville, where I met her in Nashville, she had grown up there. That's a big thing that has kept both of us here. She's always agreed that the people here are just so amazing. And um, like I said on this new record, it's it's really influenced by, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor, and wow. my future, like it was just inoperable. Um, yeah, so they put me on chemotherapy pills and then my first checkup after that um they pretty much said oh those aren't working right now so we've got to rush you into radiation and so everything was just kind of in this crazy moment you know a crazy part of my life and we didn't have health insurance and so everybody in Colombia, there were a bunch of benefit shows um people were donating money there were stories in the weekly stories in the paper and uh we were just getting random checks from strangers and uh, a burrito shop that our friend owns that we eat at all the time, like did a lunch special every week where they just gave us all the money and just everybody that we knew in Colombia just kind of ended up raising all this money for us to pay for everything. So friends and community have just always been a giant part of my life and I think continue to be. So yeah. That's a giant part of what I've been through and a giant part of the influence in my life. And um, I think it comes out through my songs because of that. You labeled one of the songs that way, the arms yeah. of a loving community around an undeserving individual. Yeah, yeah. And then I also have a song called I Love My Friends. <laughs> <laughs> and another song called I'm So Proud of My Friends. We played a show... Uh, with a band in, in Rock Hill, South Carolina one time, we knew some of them, and all of their songs were about cops, and then 
after they played, we were going up and they they were like, we're our friends, those lavender whales are coming up after us. And uh, all their songs, uh, you can replace every time we say cop with friends. And that's their songs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but it just seems impossible not to do. About things inappropriately, but it just seems impossible not to do. Something I found unfortunate about those lavender whales is that you guys seem to fly under the radar. Has that ever been discouraging to you? Not getting the recognition you really deserve? I think it's it's hard sometimes. Um, you know, I don't think we necessarily deserve anything more than any of these other great bands that we've met or know that don't get recognition that they're not getting. Um, but it, it makes it hard when we're trying to you know to live creatively and to make money making music make money touring and um we feel like we're working super hard you know spending a lot of our free time you know trying to book shows and and email press and and do that and spending a lot of money making records and and things like that and then um you know just breaking even or something like that so it's it's hard and it's discouraging but it's also one of those things where I'm not making songs to make money. That's not why I'm doing it. That's the dream, but that's not why it's coming out of me. I know what you mean. I'm never sure if being a commercial success is always such a good thing. I mean, what would happen if things flipped around for those lavender whales and the band became, you know, this big headliner going out on international tours? Would that change you or your music? I hope it wouldn't change my music. I think it would be great to see new places and meet new people. But I hope that it wouldn't change my approach to making music. I mean, I know um, I know people that are able to tour internationally and um, to headline tours and sell out shows all over the world. I think it depends on the person, but I mean, I know people that it hasn't changed 
the way they make music, it hasn't changed their creativity and it hasn't changed the way that they treat other people. And so I'd like to think and I'd like to hope that if that did happen, that I would not change as an individual in the way that I treat people and in the way that I treat my music and my creativity. Your music shares about friends, but it also shares this Christian imagery, especially on songs like 129 and Thy Thou Thee. When we were setting up this talk, you told me that half the band are Christian, but does that kind of lyric content ever make for any conflict in the band? No, we've never had a conflict about it. Um, I'm never evangelizing to them or actively really to anybody. I'm living what I believe and I respect who they are. I respect what they believe. They respect who I am. They respect what I believe. And they like the music that I make. That's why they're in a band with me. And so they can like the songs that I make and not necessarily believe what I'm singing about, but still love to play it and love who I am and love to play music with me. So there's never been any conflict of interest or anything um, playing music. So I think that's a really great thing. And I think that says a lot about the people that I surround myself with and the people that I play music with. And it makes me that much more confident in my community. This pair of songs bring in the faith aspect of those lavender whales. First, 129, then Thy Thou Thee. Aaron Graves, and you're listening to Those Lavender Whales on The Antidote.
much input into your music do your other band members have um i write most of the music all of the lyrics and um i'll write a lot of the songs and then um we'll kind of a lot of times chris gardner and i will kind of get together sometimes and like work out um some structures and also maybe some parts uh he's really good with string arrangements um this recent album we went out and recorded with Chaz and Chaz did a lot of production and um, helped us with like fleshing a lot of stuff out. But I do a lot of the writing and then um, Patrick Wall that plays guitar, he comes up with some really great guitar noises and guitar lines. And so if I need some special guitar noises and a good guitar line, I'll ask him to, to come up with something and he usually pulls through with coming up with something really good. Before we get into your new album, I want to go back into the past because my first experience with those Lavender Whales was with your first full-length Tomahawk of Praise in 2012. And I mean, Mm -hmm. how could I resist getting an album with a title like that? Yeah. Why Tomahawk of Praise? Well, (laughs) actually, I was driving in Nashville with um, one of my housemates at the time, and we were driving up at an intersection you know, it was kind of a T intersection. And so it was straight across from us and written in small print on the door was tabernacle of praise. And so it was small enough for me not to really be able to read it. <laughs> oh, I thought it said tomahawk of praise. And I, what? Does that say tomahawk of praise? And then as we were making the turn, I was able to see that it said tabernacle of praise. And that just kind of stuck with me. You didn't have to get your eyesight checked after that? <laughs> I had I said eyesight checked, and it, it was good. I had 20-20, but it was just that small. So I think see what you need to see, see what you want to see. <laughs> I threw the axe into the tree. You pushed the blade right into me. I feel the pain. I know your name. I feel the tomahawk of praise You've left us waiting for so long I get the feeling I feel the breath rise out of me 
title track from those Lavender Whales album, Tomahawk of Praise. Another favorite from that release is called A Loose Interpretation of Something Augustine of Hippo May Have Once Said. If he's my dad, then I'm your brother, and this group of us together is our got to get into the new release from those lavender whales my bones are singing four yeah. years since your last release that's yeah. a bit of a wait yeah so that i actually was working and had set a deadline to finish writing and recording a new record and i had a lot of it done and then in march of 2014 is when i found out about my brain tumor and that just kind of flopped everything on its head. And uh, so then I just kind of went into a dead halt. And then um, when I was in radiation in the summer of 2014, I had written a couple new songs. I mean, I was up in Durham at Duke University at their cancer center, 
and uh, that's where I was getting radiation. And um, we were staying at this place called the Caring House. You just kind of stay there when you're getting treated. Um, and so I was took some recording stuff, and I was going to record while I was up there. But if you can imagine just getting your brain radiated five days a week, it just totally wore me out. And so I had all these plans of getting a bunch of stuff done when we were up there for a month um, while I was getting radiation. And I think I recorded one guitar strummy thing when we were up there and I just slept a lot and we took walks and, and things like that to try to keep myself in shape while all that was happening. But yeah, and then and then after that, uh, in 2015, I think I had started, you know, after that I started writing more songs and then finishing other songs that I thought were appropriate, you know, for the new album, given what I was going through at the time. And then I had talked to Chaz, um, and he had offered to produce the next album. And so I had scheduled some time for me and Chris to go to uh, Berkeley, where he was living at the time, and um, go record. And so we went out there, and I was taking chemotherapy pills at the time when we went out there. And uh, we just went out there and recorded six or seven songs, and then... I think we went out there first time in January 2015 and then went out there again in August 2015 and recorded another six or seven songs and just kind of knocked it out and then mixed it a little bit after that and then sat on it for a while and got it mastered and then sat on it for a while and it's finally coming out. And this is where you've got a bit of a change with the sound. I mean, so much of your music is so bright and happy and cheery. Yeah. This time, yeah, you do get into some serious stuff and you share some of those struggles on yeah. My Bones Are Singing. You know, especially with, say, the song, Oh My God, that shares your doubt. Is it okay to doubt? Yeah. And I think that's definitely something that I struggled with because there was a lot of doubt in what I was going through. Like, we had no idea what the outcome was going to be because I had a lot of tumor. I was lucky because it was low grade, but it was also all over my brain pretty much. And like on both sides of my hemisphere, like both hemispheres of my brain. Um, so I had to have a lot of radiation and um, they, they didn't know if they could get it all and, you know, if it was going to stop anything. And so I think I was just dealing with a lot of doubt about that. And um, that just kind of makes you rethink everything that you've ever believed and even if you've doubted it before it makes you kind of doubt the things you've already doubted and dealt with and um i think me working through all of that stuff um is in a lot of these songs so i don't know it's really great to kind of have that documented and then listen to it again and listen to it now oh my god i don't know if i can handle this God, I'm not sure if you exist Oh my God, I feel like I'm talking to myself Oh my God, I'm acting like somebody
you did turn that doubt around on the song The Water. Were you purposefully wanting to have that as a counterpoint? Yeah, I think so, because um, for whatever reason, I think doubt is just a part of either me or just spirituality and faith and whatever, wherever you believe in, wherever you are. I feel like um, doubt, at least in me, is always there, but I always come back. Um, And so for me, it's just always a place. It's nice to kind of have that almost like a bookend um, and it's not at the very end, but it's it's close. But it's it's nice to have that in there because it's a part of me that I feel like is always there. It's that reassurance that comes with all that doubt. That even if it's not there all the time, you know, it's nice that it's there. You know, you're going to get back to that point, even if it leaves you again. That reassurance, that belief, you know, that faith is still there. You know, mm-hmm. it's hiding from you. You know, where are you at health wise now? Uh, I'm very stable. A lot of times we look at our MRIs with our doctor, and you know, they're like, ah, I don't know if that's scar tissue or if that's a little bit of tumor. So I think there's some tumor in there and there's some scar tissue that will probably be there forever. Um, so, but it's not doing anything, it's stable. And so I'm not on any chemotherapy. I only took pills. I never had to take intravenous chemotherapy, which I'm very thankful for. Uh, Current medication I'm on is just for seizures, which I did have a few, which I don't recommend. But uh, but yeah, I don't know how long that I'm going to be on that. I hope I don't have to be on that forever. But um, I'm stable now, which is really great. I'm up to get an MRI every three months. Hoping to push that back to four. Fountain overflows I'll cut 
it's interesting on My Bones Are Singing that includes a song called The Owl Called My Name. That yeah. took me back to reading the book I Heard the Owl Call My Name in yeah. elementary school. <laughs> Craven used the owl as a vehicle to announce death. Yeah. So with the medical problems you've had, that must have been emotional to write. Yeah, it's totally calling back to that book. Um, it's funny because I had a friend in Charleston who I guess had never read that book, but uh, wrote a song referencing it. And then another friend that covered that song in his own way. And then um, so I just decided to reference it, but I read the book before I did. Um, but yeah, that song is just kind of me using that metaphor of the owl kind of coming at me and saying, hey, your time is up, and me sort of saying, no, no, it's not. <laughs> that was great. I loved that. Yeah. So I'm just going to completely switch topics here. Mm-hmm. I always wonder who an artist aims their music towards, if it's towards themselves or to the public. Where do those lavender whales head? Uh. I always want to enjoy my music first. Um, so I think I aim it at myself. And then um, when I'm writing stuff, a lot of times, some of the goofier parts, I just, when I'm recording it, I just think if it's really fun and I want to track a part another time, even if I get it right, then I'm probably doing something right. Because, you know, if I make myself laugh, um, then I'm probably doing something right but I'm trying to make music that I want to listen to because if I don't want to listen to it, then nobody else is going to want to listen to it. Um, but yeah, if I can enjoy my own music, then I think I'm doing a pretty good job. If you don't want to listen to your own music, then I don't understand why anybody else would want to listen to it. <laughs> good point. I was walking when I saw someone I knew, but I could just recall their face. I was walking when I saw someone I knew, but I could just recall their face. They started talking to me, so I tried, but I could not recall their name. They said, hey Aaron, hope you're doing well. I said, hi friend, I'm okay. They said, I hope your family's doing good. I said, yeah, they're doing great. We both said nice to see ya, then we hugged and went about our separate ways.
I really like how Aaron countered Craven's owl metaphor on the owl called my name from those lavender whales. There's still one more song coming from the band's new album, My Bones Are Singing, but if you want to get your own copy, you can get it in every format at the band's website, thoselavenderwhales.com. Next time on The Antidote, we're going to get into disturbing music found on the new EP, Absent from the Grandfather. The band's guitarist, Corey Lanza, meets for a talk about the inspiration behind this EP and what their plans are for the next two EPs in their song series. Well, for tonight, we've got Aaron Graves of Those Lavender Whales coming back to close off The Antidote, and we'll see you again next week. Aaron, I'd love for you to choose a track that's important to you from My Bones Are Singing, and that'll finish off tonight's show. Um, I really like the opening track, Growing, because um, I wrote that song right after I found out about my brain cancer, and I think that that is just a very emotional song about my feelings about life and about, I say that there's there's good kinds of growing and that there's bad kinds of growing. But then I also say that uh, there's good kinds of people, but I don't think that there's really bad types of people. And I really do believe that. And I think that um, that's a really bold, difficult thing to believe. I think especially with a lot of things that's going on, uh, the U.S. government right now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fear and a lot of anger and uh, I think that's that's something that's really difficult that I have to remind myself of constantly is that you know you don't you don't know what's going on inside everybody. You know it's really difficult to think that there's not bad people, but that you've just got to really strive to understand. And sometimes you can't understand it. And then there's a long instrumental part which I'm really bad at. So, <laughs> <laughs> but everybody's gonna hear it. Yeah, I hope so. Thanks for coming for a talk, Aaron, and best of luck with My Bones Are Singing. Thanks so much for having me. There's good types of growing, but there's also some really bad types of growing. There's good types of people, but I don't think that there's really bad types of people. They just may be kind of confused, or 